This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Today on the show, one of our favorite guests, Clark Kellogg, joins us. And yes, it is Final Four week, and Clark Kellogg is on our show. It's incredible. It's amazing. Praise God. Awesome opportunity to talk to him with all the anticipation of this weekend. And we talk a lot of basketball with him. But guess what? We're going to hear him talk about puzzles. We're going to hear him talk about being silly. We're going to hear a mention of me dropping off my daughter at preschool. We're going to have some fun with Clark Kellogg. This guy is the best, and I love watching him throughout March Madness. And if you guys know, if you listen to this podcast, I'm a huge Inside the NBA guy. So I love Ernie and Chuck and Charles, uh, of course. Um, Ernie, Chuck, Kenny, Charles, um, Chuck, and Kenny. Uh, but, I, but I love Clark Kellogg, and the fact that he gets to be with those guys during the tournament is fantastic. And so I, I, really, I, wa- I watched a ton of the games of course, but I watched a good bit of the coverage because I, I love these guys so much. So really fun to, to catch up with Clark. And I feel like I've been hanging out with Clark for the past two weekends. It's, it's been me in the man cave uh, with the daughters every once in a while, my wife every once in a while, but mainly me and my three TVs and Clark and Kenny and Chuck and Ernie and little Greg Gumbel. Uh, so it's, it's been great. But uh, we'll, get, we'll get some great insight on the games, this tournament, uh, his thoughts on the Final Four, St. Peter's, uh, and some other good stuff. So stick around. At the end of the conversation, I'll share uh, some big takeaways. Uh, and then toward the end of the interview as well, Clark even asks me a question. And then that led to some more back and forth, which was fun as well. Before we jump in with Clark, let me thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. MediShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MediShare is a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. My family has been a member of MediShare for over five years and and very pleased uh, with them and love partnering with them. And you can find out more information if MediShare is the right fit for you. So go to MediShare dot com slash unpacking it metashare.com slash unpacking it so let's jump in with the great clark kellogg 
bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us now on the MetaShare guest line is CBS college basketball analyst Clark Kellogg. He's been with CBS since 1993. He's also an analyst for the NBA 2K franchise. He played college basketball at Ohio State in the NBA for the Indiana Pacers. He's a husband and a father of three grown children. You can follow him on Twitter, Clark Kellogg CBS. And of course, you can see him this weekend covering the final four. Clark, always great to be with you. You're one of our favorite guests. How are you? I'm great, Bryce. Thank you, man. Doing well. Doing extremely well. Looking forward to what we have in New Orleans, a power-packed Final Four after the usual surprises and wonderful excitement of the prior two weeks, man. There's nothing quite like March Madness, man. And uh, I'm extremely grateful to have a chance to have the role that God has graced me to have over the last um, three decades, really, in some form or fashion. And on the heels of what transpired in 2020 where we didn't have an opportunity to do the tournament as the country and the world was dealing with the pandemic. And even last year, we were fortunate to get it in in a humongous effort, Herculean effort, I should say, by the folks in Indianapolis, the NCAA coaches, medical staff, players, trainers, the whole nine to be able to pull that off. Really in the only place I think it could have happened in one location, Indiana with the various venues available, the experience and the excellence with which um, that region has done big events. Um, And they did a remarkable job. And now to have a chance to have fans and bands back in the stands and families gathering at watch parties and in arenas, I mean, just the whole festival of it uh, really, really uh, hits home in a a great way. So uh, excited to see what unfolds in New Orleans as um, Coach K makes his last lap with the Duke team that I think um, has a great chance to win it. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm a Duke fan. I got my Jay, Jason Williams uh, Duke jersey hanging up, but I, I got I got Carolina represented as well. Yeah. Um, so so I, I, we got to get a lot of your thoughts on this. But so, of course, you know, I'm in Charlotte. And so Duke Carolina, the rivalry is huge here and, and that kind of thing. But just from your vantage point in the in kind of the, the larger scheme of, of college basketball, how big is this game? How big is this this matchup? You know, I don't know if we can quantify how big it is, Bryce. I mean, the fact that these two giants in the game of college hoops in a year when Coach K is packing it in, playing for the first time in the tournament with a berth in the championship game on the line. I mean, come on, man. Uh, how? I mean, you can't get any bigger than that in my opinion, other than if they were playing in the championship. I mean, that would be the only difference. My goodness. I mean, wow. It's just amazing that this is how it's playing out. And it's a rubber match. Obviously, they split two games during the regular season. Uh, Both games, I think, pivotal for each team. I mean, the last game pivotal for each team. I think it kind of spurred Duke to a place and Coach K to a place of growth and self-analyzation that has spurred them on to where they are now for Carolina. It was part of their resurgence after uh, being blown out multiple times against top quality opponents and then going on the road when everything seemed to be stacked against them 
But that's been that rivalry has been such that way throughout the decades. I mean, a team that's supposed to win doesn't. The home team has everything going for it, and then the road team wins. I mean, that rivalry is just unlike most any other in sports. So, hey, man, we uh, have an unbelievable group of four teams, and that game obviously will get tons and tons of attention. The marquee only has room for one person at the top or one team or one game, and clearly that one will take um, center stage, but two worthy opponents on the other side and a team in Kansas that has quietly uh, positioned itself to, to perhaps win a national championship as well. Absolutely. So we, we've got four you know, incredible programs and, and also great coaches. And, yeah. and maybe we'll, we'll talk Hubert Davis separately, but these three guys who have been there, won championships, and, and we have, have established themselves as, as great all-time coaches. What, what's maybe one character trait about each one that, that, that jumps out to you that, that makes them a, a unique head coach? Wow, man, that's a great question. Well, yeah, I think one that's universal for all of them is attention to detail. I think I'll start with Coach K, and I've said this to other folks. One of the things that I've really admired and respected most about him is his um, commitment to evolve as a leader. I think some of it may hunt back to his training at West Point where leaders are, are, born, are, dealt, are, are, are developed and groomed. And I think that happens at all of our military institutions uh, where that leadership component, character and leadership, are really pillars for being able to serve in the military. Uh, but that's one thing that really stands out, his evolution and commitment to evolving and growing and, and self-analyzing as a leader. Um, Bill Self, I've been around him quite a bit and watched practices, and he's a really good tactician and teacher, doesn't miss things, gives his guys great confidence. Great Jay is just uh, such a likable guy and a phenomenal teacher and uh, an intricate manager of the little things. Villanova probably uh, does the little things better than just about any team in the country playing off two feet. So his attention to the little things and really developing players so that they do that stuff um, consistently. Uh, those, those, those would be things that kind of jump out to me um, for each of the three. Yeah, no, that's great. And, and then I definitely want to hear your thoughts on Hubert Davis because what an incredible story, and I, I'm a big fan of his. He's, he's been on our show, wonderful man yeah. of faith, and yeah. what he's done this season, then to hear him after the game and yeah. just how much he loves serving. Yeah. What, what have you uh, – see? and actually I wanted to quote you because I was watching the, the coverage over the weekend. You said, we all need a little rain and sunshine to grow. And yeah. you were talking about Hubert Davis and the yeah. season that, that UNC has had. Uh, so maybe unpack that a, a little bit further. Yeah, you know, clearly God created the earth and all that's in it. And nature is full with that particular example. Um, nothing really grows or thrives without both the sun, the power and light and brilliance of the sun, and also the water that is rain. And it's much that way in our own lives the rainstorms that come, the adversity, the failures, the disappointments, the uncertainties are part of our growth journey. And there are sunshine. There are moments to rejoice. There are people that come alongside of us that lift us up. That's part of what the sun is. So we need both to really grow. It's rare that you can grow when you're complacent or mm. when you're satisfied. There's a hunger that comes from dealing with adversity. There's a pain and a suffering that's part of growing too. And it's the reality for all of us, no matter what we're doing. Um, and I thought about that with Hubert, moving from an assistant coaching position. And he's a phenomenal guy. 
terrific man of faith and just a great model and example for um, for the young men that he's been entrusted to to, to coach uh, and excited to see his success in this first season. Um, but you think about the learning of what it means to be a head coach. There's a growth journey involved. There's a learning curve when you go from assistant to head coach, when you go from being a freshman to a sophomore, a sophomore to a junior, when you go from just starting as a radio host to where you are now. I mean, there's, there's things that you just don't know and things you have to experience in order to figure out how you're going to do it. And he's been true to himself and yet Mm -hmm. he's recognized where he's needed to adjust. And that'll continue. That'll continue different ways, nuances. Some of it will be public. A lot of it will be private, but there will be growing pains that are part of his personal journey as the head coach and leader of North Carolina's basketball program. And so, um, they found what they've needed to find in terms of how they've performed. And that goes to all of the players and to the coaching staff. It's a team effort. And even folks that we don't see or acknowledge are part of that team of making, uh, making the journey and doing it successfully. So uh, really excited about the matchup. I, I anticipate both teams, um, Bryce, uh, while anxious and excited and eager, I think between the lines, they're going to find a level of play um, worthy of a um, semifinal. Um, I'm, I'm confident. They're both playing really well. They've got multiple um, star players on both rosters. I just think it's going to be a really high-level, entertaining, uh, competitive game. It's going to be intense. And and being an ACC country, I even dropped off my daughter today at preschool and, and the lady was wearing a Tar Heel uh, sweatshirt. And I go, hey, Maddie, you tell her who we're, who we're pulling for. So the intensity is here. And, and yeah. so yeah. I, I can't imagine on uh, Saturday night, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be remarkable. So uh, l- looking forward to, to watching you and the, and the guys for, for sure as well. Um, well, in speaking about the, the, the rain and the sunshine, what about for you and, and maybe even, even recently, and, and we, we haven't talked over the last year, in what ways has God used maybe some rain or some sunshine in, in your own life to, to help you grow and, 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 and mature and, and all that. Sort yeah. Of thing. I've been journeying through um, looking at what stewardship for me and my household looks like in terms of the different types of access and capital that God has graced me with through um, the platform of a broadcaster, a former pro athlete um, resources that can be used for, for our benefit, but more importantly for the good of others. Uh, what does that look like with a little more uh, continuity and consistency and purpose? So I've been walking through um, some personal coaching, as a matter of fact, to get a better handle on um, areas where I need to give more attention to. Um, the adversity is just the, the, the uncertainty in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. the um, challenges we face. I mean, we look at what's going on in Ukraine, but right here at home, as we continue to wrestle with um, issues around equity and access and racial division and discord. And even within the body of Christ, um, there's been a polarization around um, our political climate. And how do we, as Christ followers, really exemplify and model and walk out the fruit of the Spirit in spite Mm. of our differences? How do we stand ground on the conviction of Scripture and yet um, love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and and love your neighbor as yourself. And I see that as being a real 
challenge and tipping point for for us as believers. And so I've been wrestling with with that. What is my place? I'm a black man who follows Christ. I've got a prominent um, public facing position. Um, how does my voice lend itself to to bringing forth the kingdom in mm-hmm. um, ways practical and consistent, and um, continuing to to yearn for um, for doing what's just, what's right, and what's fair, mm. and bringing that um, clearly um, to bear, and moving folks up and forward. Um, so yeah, those are some of the areas where I've been kind of meditating and thinking and and praying, and um, God is showing up. You know, the journey sometimes isn't always a straight line, and it's not always um, clean and neat. It gets a little messy and unwieldy, and there's certain parts where you wonder if you're moving in the right direction. But uh, I feel good. I'm excited about where I am and where God has taken me, and I'm eager to, to see how it plays out. And uh, I'm bringing forth good and pointing folks um, to who he is, to the life that he offers free um, through his son, and to deep, to model that to consistently mm. model that in, in the broadcast center, uh, wherever I am, to be, um, to be who he's called me to be, recognizing the universality of being a Christ follower, but also the individual aspect of, of what my journey um, should look like and be. Ah, amen. Well, well, thanks, thanks for sharing. And I, I guess I don't know how to ask this exactly, but just – the, the desire that you have from a racial standpoint to, to speak into some of the key issues yeah. through the lens of your, your love for, for Christ. It's like, how does that overlap and how is it, is it separate? And, and how do you, how I think you it's, you know, I think that? it's gotta be integrated. You know, yeah. I don't think it can be compartmentalized. I mean, I want to see the uplift of all people, but I want to spend significant investment in the uplift of black folks because I am black and there's an inequality and a disparity that exists in our nation systemically and otherwise. And there's opportunity for, for all folks to be engaged in, in addressing that. Uh, but as a believer, that's one area where I, I feel I might have some unique opportunity. And yet at the same time, recognizing that following Christ supersedes my race. Mm-hmm. I am a Christ follower above, below, and in between all. And I happen to be a Christ follower who's a black man in a country that has not always been good to folks of um, the black race and otherwise. Mm. And so that's a reality. And, and the reality doesn't necessarily, uh, it's, it is what it is. It's a reality. It's a fact. And it's something that's part of history and it's something that has to be acknowledged, but it doesn't have to be a hindrance. It need not be a hindrance or a shackle. It is what it is. And we seek to live above where we've come from, what our heritage is. We see, see, seek to live in light of our newness in Christ, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against these things, there is no law. Amen. Yeah, there's no law against those things. Add to your faith goodness, to goodness knowledge, to knowledge self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Mm. For you never have these in a complete, you, you're to be adding these, these in your life in increasing measure, in increasing measure, because God has given us all we need for, for life and godliness as we uh, abide in him. 
So right. how do you walk that out in a world that's um, chaotic, that's that that's um, offering resistance to 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 some of the to to much of the biblical mandate, and mm. how do we as 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 his chosen chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation, how do we how do we how do we walk that out where he has us? How do we walk that out consistently? And that's um that's a that's a call to to the church. That's right. In this um in this climate and um and how do we do that where he has us? And that's um that's that's a burden of my heart to um mm. to do that and to do it in a way that um I pray would 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 make the Lord smile and 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 point others to him. Amen. Amen. That day by day obedience and and spirit led. Yes. Step at a time. Step at a time. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, well, you you also mentioned that that word stewardship and and kind of that that being on your your heart and mind. And and I saw you you tweet a a verse from Proverbs. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. Uh, what actually jumped out to me was the, the word refresh, because I, I yeah. think that's a powerful word. Yeah. Uh, what refreshes you and, and, and how do you refresh others? Yeah, the word refreshes me, obviously, it's living water for our hearts and our souls and our lives. So the word and I'm consistently thinking about it and reading it and spending time with folks that uh, are doing the same. Uh, I refresh by resting, um, taking a break from the uh, mounds and mounds of information that's available um, in the world of, of media. Um, so I take some time. Uh, my wife and I took up the practice of um, knocking out thousand piece puzzles um, during the pandemic. So I've chipped away at um, two during the tournament as I've been home. Um, always reading, uh, reading for enjoyment uh, is, is part of it. Spending time with um, with with Rosie when we can. This is a busy, crazy time. She sacrifices a bunch during these um this month really. The month of March is just insane with uh, the the level of activity. Um, but we find windows, we find pockets where we can enjoy some of the shows we would like, uh, be silly with each other, dinner date. Then our grandchildren, we've got three grandkids that are that are here close by. So um I've had a chance to to spend so those are areas and then obviously once the season's over, my wife and I both enjoy golf being outside oh. playing golf. So we've started to play together over the last couple of years. That's wonderful. So yeah, we have, um, we have a number of outlets. Um, I love what I do as a broadcaster and I'm fully immersed in it, but I also like when I can disconnect from it for a while and uh, spend time in some good books and with good people and um, doing some of the things that we like to do. I love to work out. So I do that regularly time with our grandkids. And so, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm comfortably occupied, man. And um, People Fuel is a book I read. Uh, with the suggestion of a dear friend, Bryce, um, last fall, and I refer to it often. We need each other, and fuel comes from the people in our lives. We should be we should be giving people in our circle nutrients that are life giving to them, and we should be receiving. It's a reciprocal, mm. and so I enjoy the fuel I get from activities uh, with people in my circle that that we both enjoy. Um, so yeah, so um, all good, man. All good. Well, you also mentioned the puzzles. I was just curious when you're doing a puzzle, is that all you're doing? Do you have music going? What are I might you have a little here? music. Most of the time, I'm just yeah. At the at the only thing would be possibly music. Otherwise, it's like okay. playing golf. You can't be thinking about something else when you're trying to do a puzzle, Man. a thousand piece puzzle. You just can't. I mean, so if if anything, it's a little background music, but that's it. it that's usually, cool. the TV might be on, and eighty percent of the time, it's not on. There's a table we have. 
and I'm immersed in that as a as a release and activity, like being out cutting the grass when I used to do that. You yep. know, I might have some headphones on, I might not, but I'm just focused on where I am and what I'm doing. They say, what do they say? Um, be where your feet are. That's kind of how I try to look at it. Yeah, I I, I like that. That's a, it's quite the challenge. You said a thousand words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We started with uh, we started with five hundred, then we graduated pretty quick to seven fifty, and now we're pretty much set at a thousand. It takes us a few, several days. We haven't quite charted the number of hours that we invest, but we chip away at two hours here, hour there, two. But I think it's probably it's probably twelve to fifteen hours is my guess that we would spend. And we again, it's over course of period of time. Uh, we've never gone a marathon puzzle, but over the course of a week or so, a couple hours, my wife will do some, I'll do some, we might do some together. And then before you know it, you can stand back and look at the finished product and say, man, that was, that was fun and enjoyable. Yeah. It's a good, um, it's a good little brain teaser and a way to escape to something that, um, is enjoyable. That's neat. I'm having a tough enough time with my two-year-old's little uh, little puzzles that we're trying to do, trying to help her out. So we, well, we'll you got to crawl. Hey, hey, Bryce, you got to crawl before you walk, man. <laughs> That's it. We'll try to master that first. We'll do that first. <laughs> but, but you you mentioned you mentioned the word silly uh, in regards to your wife, and and I saw you tweet this quote, and you said that it resonated with you, and I I love it as well. You said anyone can be passionate, or this person, yeah. you quoted quote. Anyone can be passionate, but it takes real lovers to be silly. Yeah. So what does that what does that mean to you? Man, that hit a chord with me so much because my wife and I really do enjoy laughing and we're silly with each other pretty regularly. I mean, we laugh, I would venture to say we laugh hard at least once a day. Oh, that's great. At least that's once great. a day. Whether it's I've said something or done something, she's done something, or somebody's done something, we come across some, but and and our kids are that way too. Um, our three adult kids there, it's just kind of funny to see and talk about different pet phrases we have, different circumstances. We're in a family chat and there's usually something that rolls through there that, that cracks us up. But yeah, the silly component, I think, to dig deeper is, is a matter of intimacy mm. um, because it's really accepting each other for who you are and being vulnerable, being open. Um, passionate is part of that too, but I think when you can be silly and just be who you are, that's another level of intimacy and closeness where you're not, where you just take the, um, you take the shackles off a little bit, you know, and, uh, and it's fun. It's actually fun. And it's, and it's life-giving I found. So that's why it just resonated really strongly when I, when I saw that and I said, I'm going to share this with those out there in the, in the Twitter verse and see if it'll be an encouragement and blessing to, to some folks. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to encourage our, our listeners today on that, especially yeah, married, married guys, especially sure. as, yeah. Uh, yeah. experiencing that that type of tra- transparency, authenticity, yeah. intimacy. That's, exactly. Uh, exactly. That, that's really cool. Well, um, one other basketball question I, I was wondering, and, and of course, St. Peter's got a ton of love, but but what happens so quickly is they get blown out. Now we move on to the, one of the greatest Final Fours we've had in, in a long time. But to me, this is such a special story. And yeah. so you've been around the game so long and, and covered all these, these great Cinderella runs over the years. So, so what, what do you take away? What will you remember the most in regards to, to St. Peter's? Where do you put it in context? To, well, to historically, history? it's as unique as we've had with the 15C getting to the Elite Eight. That's the first time it's happened. There will never, there will never be another first time for that to happen. That's no. St. Peter's. That's the Peacocks. 
domain. That's a memorial stone for them, a lifelong one. And so that's amazing. The discovery that unfolded for all of us about St. Peter's, not just the team, but the school and the coach and what they do. I actually just read a neat article. Actually, I'll probably try to tweet it. Just talking about um, St. Peter's mission as a Jesuit school and how their student body population is comprised of probably 65% minority and first generation students and what they've done to be what they've, how they've been committed and steadfast in that work. And Mm. now that work is being shared and lifted up to people that didn't know about it, that may be in desire to get involved in some capacity, not a large school, a few thousand students, but nonetheless, the work and mission of the institution gets elevated through sport. Mm. That's a wonderful thing. That that sport and academia, moving life, people forward, institutions of higher education, moving folks forward, um, targeting first-generation college students, providing funding and opportunity for them to be in school, and the the exposure that's gotten through a three-game run by the players on that court lifts the whole institution. And who knows what impact that has on the students that will end up enrolling there or um, being able to receive additional aid and, and, and being students, all of that. So those kind of things help you see the bigger picture. But I love the fact that that's part of the magic sauce of the tournament, Bryce. Yeah. You never know where the surprises are going to come from. Yeah. I watched them a little bit but hadn't really thought they could make a run because they were smallish. They were facing Kentucky. I mean, nobody was picking them. I had UT, I had a number of other double-digit seeds that I thought could do. I thought Tennessee Chattanooga could make a run. They came oh so close to knocking off Illinois. Uh, New Mexico State, I thought, had a chance to win a game. They did. They beat UConn. No, it's it's been just an incredible tournament so far, and and it sets up for what should be a great Final Four. Let me me ask you this, Bryson. Let me ask you, how do you look at the Cinderella stories? I mean, how do you frame them as a fan and as a – media host yeah so to me personally i loved the davidson run just a touch more with steph curry so i love the st peter's run but the fact that i could uh, identify or root with steph curry so on one end with st peter's there was no specific star which made it really cool yeah but then on the flip side to have somebody like steph curry yeah yeah. That was that was special. But to me, St. Peter's was a bigger deal than even the you know the, the UMBC beating Virginia. Yeah. I thought. Wow. It's a little bit more kind of memorable. And to get multiple wins, yeah. the momentum was building. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And I found yeah. I found Holloway to be so unique yeah. as a coach. And so I, I was drawn to him, excited for him. And yeah. almost wait, what what's his next interview gonna be like? So that, that was my, my nice. big take. Yeah, yeah. No, he was very impressive. We had a chance to interview him. Even killed, genuine, uh, terrific coach. He made some really strategic adjustments that served his team well. You can tell he's um he's been at it and he's serious about it. But he was he was a it was a nice breath of fresh air to see him on that kind of stage be exposed to the masses and handle himself the way he did. I mean, because I don't think we've ever seen a Cinderella coach that calm and that confident. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're running around. They're going crazy. You know, they're they're beside themselves. And he was just, no, nah, we expected this. I, yeah, I yeah. 
Yeah, no, it was cool. It was cool to he, see. He was so disappointed, which I think all of us were like, wow, they finally ran out of gas and it made sense to get blown out by UNC. But he he expected them to win again. Yeah, so. and, you know, the only the thing that um, happened in that game, I thought a couple of two things. One, Carolina's size at every position was problematic. But also Carolina got off to a great start. They did. The other teams never really played from the front. Kentucky had a six-point lead in the game late in regulation, I think. Murray State never led in the game against St. Peter's. And then um, Purdue had only a six-point lead briefly, and otherwise it was a one-two possession game. And that allowed them to do what they do best, control the game with the guards. Their front court players, even though undersized, could present some problems at both ends. And then they had they got quality shots, made them, made all their free throws. But in the Carolina game, because they didn't make shots early, the size wore them down and – the deficit was just too much for them to stay within what they do best. Yeah, because Carolina really learned from those other three teams. Oh, sure. I'm sure. And they, they, they nailed it, that's for sure. Um, but that was – yeah, the, the Elite Eight was probably the most disappointing, but overall this has been as good of a tournament a, as I remember in, in a long time. So this has oh, been – I agree. Yeah, there were a number of competitive games. We didn't really have a – we didn't have a clear walk-off buzzer beater type game. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't have one of those. But, again, every year is a little different. You go back, you have two or three of those sometimes. You have all chalk go through, and then you'll have a couple of dud games. It's just inevitable. Outside of the typical 116 games, you'll have some of those. But when you've got 63 games that you're televising, I mean, to have what we've had has been quite a run. Absolutely. I, I had three TVs going. I was loving life. <laughs> I know you guys were, too, behind the scenes. and. I, uh, I loved one of your quotes, too. I used it for my devotional uh, when Kenny Smith, apparently in that Baylor game, he was actually calm. He, he kept his composure. Because I, I wrote about the composure that Hubert Davis and Scott Drew had yeah. in that game. And then I mentioned even Kenny Smith, or maybe Wally Zerbiak, actually, he mentioned it, uh, yeah. about, about Kenny Smith. Right. Um, and I wrote about that. But, uh, but you guys must have fun behind the scenes watching these games. Oh, we do, man. We do. It's, a, it's an absolute. It's as fun as it appears, man. It's as fun as it appears. Uh, that's great. Well, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how Kenny handles himself because I guess he's 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 been a part of this since Carolina's won and all that. Yeah, but. yeah, he has. Oh, yeah, he has. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah, he's um he's a big we 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 Carolina guy. Oh yeah. So, um, he might be um, he might be borderline unbearable. Leading, I know. Leading up yeah. to the action, but um, if nothing else, Chuck will tamp him down at the appropriate oh, yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll be watching and and Clark always great having you on. Appreciate your heart and, and all that you uh, shared to encourage us today. And uh, thanks for all the basketball insight as always. So we appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure, Bryce. Always great to be with you, man. God bless you, bro. All right. You too. There's Clark Kellogg, CBS Sports, joining us here on the MediShare guest line right here on the Unpacking It podcast. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in the Unpacking It studio. Awesome stuff from Clark Kellogg. Makes me want to try a puzzle. Nah, no, I don't know. I don't know if I, I, don't know if I can do a thousand pieces. That's a, that's a lot of time dedicated to that. I'd probably have to have music and the TV on. I'm not sure I could focus enough on a puzzle, but maybe, maybe one day. My, my dad's a big puzzle guy. I actually got him. We're both big Dan Patrick fans. I, I got him a Dan Patrick puzzle 
uh, for Christmas. So he finished he finished that up. So maybe I'll maybe I'll try that one my, myself. But uh, but great stuff from Clark Kellogg and you know I asked him a couple questions about tweets that I saw uh, from him. So I encourage you to follow him on Twitter, Clark Kellogg CBS. But the the, the question about what refreshes you picks up a little bit on, on what we talked about on a recent podcast just about getting away and, and we actually talked about this with Jeremy Kelly and he was talking about getting a reset and and to, to go uh, you know I love another word that reword I think rewords are are powerful rejuvenate re-energize refresh and I've got a mentor uh, that has encouraged me over the years you know, I was like what what replenishes you, what refreshes you, what depletes you? And if if your whole life is filled with things that are depleting you, well, then you're running on empty. And so you've got to be able to get refreshed and and get uh, re-energized and, and that sort of thing. So, uh, you know, asking Clark what refreshes you and, you know, something as silly as, as a puzzle uh, can do that. And, and then, of course, spiritually speaking, the you know jumping in, into God's word is key in prayer, and, and we talked a little bit about that on the last show. Um, but I think even some other activities that that just refresh us. And and I'm, I'm actually going to look into that book. I actually already did. I, I looked it up on Amazon. Uh, people fuel. Uh, that sounds really interesting too. And and I'm I'm energized by people. There's no question about it. And and had a tough time during the Rona when I wasn't seeing people as regularly uh, as I would like, especially in person. And so that refreshes me when I'm when I'm hanging out with with people, not just hanging out in the man cave alone with what I would call my buddies on TV. Uh, <laughs> I, we need we all need more than that. Uh, so what refreshes you? So so great topic in that regard. And then the other topic too, just about being silly with our with our wives. And and, and man, I love that. And for for us, we've been in a tough season. Two young daughters. We're we're in the trenches a little bit and we're, we're starting to come out of it to a certain extent, but just finding those times to be silly and to laugh, to have a good time. It, it goes a long way. It really does. It just kind of breaks. It can break the tension. It keeps you, you connected in a fun way. Uh, so I love that. I love that about Clark Kellogg willing to be willing to be silly. Uh, it's cool. It's good stuff. I like, I can be silly with my little daughters, uh, which is fun. And that's gotten, you know, it pulled another side of me, a little bit, uh, but this was a good challenge today. To uh, I'm just gonna be home, go home and be silly, silly with Jody. We'll see how it goes. I'll keep you. I'll keep you posted on that. So you do the same. Let me know how it goes with uh, with your wife um, or your husband. So uh, so anyway, good good stuff from Clark. I mean, everything he says is uh, is just awesome. It's encouraging. A um, lot of insight. A lot of humility. That's what we love here at Unpacking It. So hopefully you you pulled something uh, away as well. Um, even him describing the, the four coaches uh, was, was cool as well. So enjoy the Final Four. We're recording this on Tuesday, and I'm still, of course, on the Duke bandwagon. And you can hold me accountable to this. I think Duke wins convincingly. In some ways, I'd love for it to be a close, epic, tight game. I, I just I, I think Duke has the ability to beat Carolina in multiple ways. And I'm not sure that Duke or that Carolina can stop can stop Duke. I, I just don't. I you know I think Baycott and Mark Williams that matchup is going to be really interesting. 
who 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 gets in foul trouble, who shines from a defensive the block shots, rebounding standpoint, and and what team has better success getting into the paint for easy baskets and then and ones or trips to the free throw line, that kind of thing. You know, Manic might get hot for for Carolina, Griffin might get hot for Duke. To me, those are the two guys that that have the ability to go on streaks. Well, we saw actually RJ Davis and, and Love as well uh have shown that throughout this tournament. I'm not sure they've been quite as consistent. Whereas Manic, I mean goodness, that guy, he's had a huge, huge season, especially toward the end of the season, what he's been able to do. Um and then Bancaro, I, I would expect to be very solid. He he's had a very strong season and and also tournament. So to me, Bancaro, Manic, those guys you can count on them. Uh, so who will be that other guy that steps up ste- steps up offensively? Will it be Roach uh, for Duke? He had a great game. I guess it was against Texas Tech was his kind of real big coming out. Well, Michigan State too, but uh, then Arkansas he he wasn't as impactful from a scoring standpoint. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be a great game. Except it's going to be a great. It's going to be a great hyped game. I have the feeling Duke's going to run away with it. Not just for my Duke fandom. Eh, maybe it is. Maybe it is. So Tar Heel fans have stopped listening, but that's all right. You can you can call me out on it if I, if I'm wrong. It's just that's just my gut my gut feeling at this point. But I also thought it was impossible for Duke to lose at home at Cameron in the final regular season game, and then they did. So that was shocking. But even Clark was talking about how that game, you know, really changed the trajectory for both teams. I'm not I can't remember exactly how he worded it, but I think we all recognize that. Uh, I wrote a devotional about that yesterday, actually. Just how that game, even though it was a loss for Duke and a win for Carolina, kind of the, the the result was the same. They both end up in the Final Four, even though that game had different outcomes for either team, and how confidence was built for Carolina based on that win, and then the pain of that loss for Duke allowed them to refocus, reevaluate, back to those rewords, uh, get re-energized. They made the the change, the necessary changes, especially to the starting lineup inserting Jeremy Roach instead of Trevor Keels, uh, that has made a difference. Keels has been good off the bench. Roach has been good as a starter. Kind of cool to think back to that game as as bad as it was for Duke. At least something positive to get them to this point. Um, I think it's fair to say neither team makes it to the Final Four if the results were different in that final game. I, I, I we don't, We'll never know, but I think it's fair to say that. So there you go. Enjoy the game. Thanks for listening today. I know you enjoyed Clark as much as I did. He's, he's the best. So uh, thanks to Clark Kellogg for joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. For more information about the show, our events in Charlotte, and other resources, visit unpackinit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackinit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.